turn in your Bible with me, if you've got it, to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John is right in front of 2 John. 1 John chapter 4. And again, I want to say, we, we really miss everybody being together. We just, we have the best time when we get together. People get to enjoy each other. And this is good, but it's not quite as good as having somebody to stare at. All right, tonight, uh, we're going to take some time. I want to talk tonight about I hear voices. I know some of you are not surprised to think that I would hear voices. We're going to talk about hearing voices tonight in the context of worship and the word and whatnot. But uh, I'm going to talk with you uh, about the spirit realm tonight. And I want to show you from scripture that you do hear voices and you may not know it. But the Bible is very clear that there's an active spirit realm around us, all around us. And that spirit realm was very active. And that spirit realm is, I use these words because the Bible uses this word, speaking to you. The spirit realm is speaking to you. Both sides of the spirit realm are speaking to you a lot. And we need to learn to recognize it and we need to learn what to do with it. And uh, by speaking to you, I don't mean you'll hear it with this outer ear. The Bible teaches that you and I, the spirit realm ministers to us. And by minister, I don't mean helps us, just influences us by impressions, feelings, thoughts, moods. The spirit realm can set, set the mood that you're in. Uh, so the spirit realm influences us from both sides of it. And I want to take just a minute and show you in scripture that we hear from both sides of the spirit realm. And by both sides, there's only two spirits in the earth. There's the Holy Spirit of God, the Son of God, and there's the unholy spirit of hell. And I want to show you from scripture because I want you to see it in the Bible that we hear from both sides, even believers hear from both sides. And if we didn't, he wouldn't tell you to take up the armor of God to protect yourself. So I want you to look with me at one simple verse. First John chapter four, verse one says this. First John four, one, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are from God. Now the very verse itself, if you don't hear from an unholy spirit realm, why did he tell you to test the spirits, test what you're hearing to see if it's God speaking to you or not? So the scripture is very clear. I could show you other scriptures that you hear from hell. And by hell, I don't mean the place of hell. I mean the power of hell. And you hear the voice of the enemy. You hear the voice of hell speaking into your mind and heart, your emotions, uh, your, in, to influence your will. You can see that. Now, I want you to look with me. Turn over to John chapter 10. Let's see this one. Let's see the other side where you hear from the other side of the spirit realm. John chapter 10. Numerous places in scripture. John chapter 10 is one of my favorite passages where it teaches us that not only do we have a Bible, but Jesus actually speaks in the earth today. He speaks to you and I. John, we'll just pick one verse. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And you can, the whole passage is talking about my sheep hear my voice. They will not listen to or heed the voice of a stranger. It talks about the wolf who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The wolf catches the flock and does what? Divides them. He divides them by speaking to them with his voice. Uh, Revelation chapters 2 and 3, seven times say this. If any man has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. So we hear from both sides. You hear from heaven and you hear from hell in the spirit realm. We all do. And truth is we hear much more than we think we would. Now, here's, here's our goal. <clears throat> this is what we want to learn tonight from scripture. What I want to do is silence hell. 
I want to silence the voice of hell in my heart and mind and emotions, life. And I want to amplify the voice of God. I want to, I want to, I want to, I'm just going to say this, just crude country Southern Alamance. I want to shut the devil's mouth. I want to silence hell. And I want to amplify the voice of God. Let me go ahead and show you this. Turn me to Psalm chapter eight. We're going to see this in a little bit, but let's go ahead and look at it. Psalm chapter eight. This is a wonderful promise from the Lord. And this has to do with our worship in Psalm chapter eight. This is just a great Psalm anyway, like they all are, but this is a great Psalm. And uh, I want you to look at what the Bible says in Psalm chapter eight, verse two, concerning us hearing voices. Psalm chapter eight, verse two says this, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength or praise because of your enemies that you might do what? Silence the enemy and the avenger. Can you see in the Bible that we can silence the enemy or shut his mouth? and quieten him so that we can't, we don't hear him and he doesn't influence and have influence in our lives. And of course the scripture is very clear. We also want to amplify heaven. All righty. Now let me talk tonight about how we can do that in our personal. We're going to make this real practical right down there. This is how I do it in my daily life. And uh, to begin with, we always start with God's word. God's word always helps me. God's word is the, uh, it's not only the truth. It is the, it is the tuner of my soul. So I'm going to illustrate this for you. This is called a visual illustration. We're getting uppity around here. So I'm going to illustrate this for you, how this works. I, uh, I brought my guitar with me tonight. Y'all relax. I'm not in concert or anything. I just brought this with me. And uh, let me tell you what I'm going to do here. Uh, let me explain to you about guitars here. Guitars are made out of uh, delicate wood and they're metal strings stretched across delicate wood and they, they have a tone and these strings being plucked across this wood make a beautiful tone and you want to play in harmony with everybody else. But by their very nature, guitars are very easy to get out of tune. Matter of fact, you have to tune it. Most musicians start first thing every day. You have to retune your guitar. It's sort of like a quiet time for guitars. You have to retune them every day to get them in sync. And here's why. Because the atmosphere they're in affects the tone. Humidity, temperature, the atmosphere they're in will change what they're hearing, what you hear every day. They really will. All right, and these, this got six strings, six notes. They have to be perfect. They have to be exactly right. And the six strings are E, A, D, G, B, E from top to bottom. And uh, if, if, my, if I'm out of tune against my own strings, it's going to sound like crap. Excuse me, it's going to sound bad. It's going to sound bad. Plus, I cannot be in harmony with the other people if I'm out of tune. That was really good right there. Yeah. I've got to be in tune to be in harmony to play with other guys. So I got, here's where I start right here. So I'm going to check my guitar, see if it's in tune. First chord is first E, it's the first one. So I'm going to do, oh, here, I got to have my, got to have my official equipment here. There we go. All right. I'm doing my first here. Here it is. Y'all listen, see if this is an E. All right. Sounds pretty good to me. What do y'all think? Here, here, I'm my ask expert. Richard, you expert. He's been doing this forever now. Listen to this right here. You're supposed to say, I don't know. Okay, thank you. You're supposed to say, I don't know. <laughs> Great. Here's the deal. See, I, I can't, that's what I ask. Last feel, feel. What do you hear? What do you, oh, it's amen. Say, it's right on the money there. Here's the point. What I'm hearing a lot of times, I don't know what's going on in my head or what, I, I have no idea. But let, let me tell you what I want to do. If I want to find out what I'm hearing is right, I don't ask an expert. Thank you, Phil. And I sure don't go by what I hear. 
what I do is I, I take this little thing right here. This is a digital tuner. And uh, you know what this is called? This is truth. That's absolute truth right there. And it, it's perfect pitched digitally. It can't be wrong. It's always perfect pitch. So I'm going to put that thing right there. And I'm going to uh, try to... Ooh. Not only is it not a G, it's not even close. Matter of fact, it's a, it's a D, D sharp. Ooh, ooh. See how far off I was? I thought I was right, but I was really off. Now I got to make a decision now. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to throw that stupid thing away for telling me I'm not right. And I'm, I'm going to, sounds good to me. Don't be telling me I'm not right. Or I'm going to tune what I think to truth. I'm going to tune my, I'm going to tune that thing. If this thing says D sharp, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm going to tune what I'm hearing to what this thing says is perfect truth. Got, you got that? I think y'all can figure out where we're going here. So now that I'm in tune, I'm going to put you up. I know some of you were scared that I was going to play the thing, so you don't have to worry about that. All right, you just wait right there, Doc. All right. A lot of times I hear things that sound right, feel right. You know, the guy on TV said it, Reverend so-and-so said it, and, you know, they said it at my home church, and this is what I was thinking. How am I going to find out of what I'm feeling, thinking, and, and what am I going to do? I'm going to ask my grandma. I'm going to ask some, what I'm going to do. This is perfect truth right here. This is perfect truth. And if you'll know the truth, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take what I'm feeling and hearing and thinking and I'm going to hold God's word up to it and see if it's the same. And if it don't line up, I got to make a decision. Guess what I got to do? I got to either throw the Bible away and say, I'm right. Or I got to change what I'm thinking, feeling, believing to line up with perfect truth. You understand? This is sort of like, uh, this is the tuning fork of my soul right here. That's why the Bible says, he tunes my soul. Y'all ever read that? Psalm 23. He restores my soul. I think that's what it's in there. We've got to learn to tune what we're hearing in our souls and hearts and minds and emotions to the truth of God's word. And now let me say, just like my guitar, the environment around it gets it out of tune real quick. The environment we live in gets us out of tune with truth and the goodness of God's voice real quick. That's why Jesus said in John 13 to Simon, you don't need to be saved again, son, but you've got to let me wash you constantly. If I don't wash you, you can't walk with me because you don't get lost. You're just walking through a dirty world. You get dirt on your feet. and You got to let me wash you. And that's why Jesus talked about in Ephesians 5, washing his people with the water of his word. And get the junk off of us that we pick up. And I'm amazed at how quick I can get out of tune. I don't know about y'all. I get out of tune real quick. Bless God. <laughs> Maybe now I'm getting out of tune right there. Y'all didn't know that. Let me, let me check see if I'm out of tune there. Oh my goodness. The wisdom that's from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit without hypocrisy not preferring to be Baptist to anything else that's in there 
That's James chapter 3. So see what I do is I, whatever's going on with me, I, t- I take it to God's word and say, I'm out of tune and didn't know it. So this is the tuning fork of my soul. And you say, I, I see what you're saying there, Brother Brown, but how do I know where to turn? How do I know where to turn in the word to find how I'm supposed to be tuned? Okay, it's, it's very simple. It is very simple. And um, the Holy Spirit of God has taken me in his word and he has distilled the whole truth of God's kingdom down to about six words. And these are the six words that I always use to tune my soul. I go through through every one of them every morning when I get up. I just end my mind. Of course, I've got them on paper. And these are the words that the Bible says, this is my kingdom, right? This is how you'll know it's me. And anything outside of these six truths is not me. And of course, you know, I'm going to be able to show it to you in scripture because I can't Listen to me. You need to always say, not just show that to me in the Bible. The whole of thy counsel is truth. I can take a verse out of that book and do anything I want to. But I want to hear the whole of thy truth. I want you to turn with me to a, a passage called 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let me tell you why 1 Corinthians 13 is so important. Charles Stanley called 1 Corinthians chapter 13 the crown jewel of the Bible. It's the absolute pinnacle of the Bible. Dr. Mark Rutland said it is the greatest piece of literature ever written by a human. If you, if you were to say, I'm going to be locked in a communist prison, I can only have one chapter in the Bible. Take 1 Corinthians 13, you've got everything you need. It is the pinnacle of the Bible. And this is one of those great passages that shows us, <clears throat> if you can't learn all 66 books, learn six words. And just distill the kingdom down to this and then tune what you're hearing, thinking, feeling, choosing, tune it to six words. And I want to show you, uh, we'll cut right to the chase. Last verse of 1 Corinthians 13 says this, verse 13. And now, what's the word now mean? To mean now. Do you think that, let me just pause for a minute about this word now. A lot of people say that book's 2,000 years old. Now means now, I don't care when it was written. And let me tell you something about my great God. He sees the end from the beginning. This Corona thing caught me off guard. How about y'all? Guess who it did not catch off guard? So now is still now, no matter what it was going on in my life. You ever had anything in your life catch you off guard? Now is still now. And now abide or now remain three things. Faith, hope, and love. These three. Tell me what's at the top of the ladder. Love. Love is always at the top of the ladder. That, what the E bass number one string on the guitar is, that's, that's where you start right there. It's always the love of God. And that's the pinnacle. Matter of fact, those three words, faith, hope, and love, are in inverted order. Love comes first. And the hope that we have flows out of the love of God. It's his great love for me that causes me to have hope for the future. And I cannot have faith till I have hope, can I? Because the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I got a hope for, I can even have faith. So it's in inverted order. But those three words are the pinnacle. Here, here's the way you do this. Man, I had a bad day yesterday. I kicked the cat. I hollered at the kids. I, I, I just, I just, I'm just really screwed up. Now, is what I'm hearing the love of God that never fails or am I hearing the condemnation of my flesh that screwed up? So see, I take what I'm, what's going on in my head and I tune it to the word of God, which says love. Well, look in verse eight with me. How long's love? How long's the love of God going to be there? What's the three words? What's the word never? 
Love never fails. If I have a great day today and I don't cuss one time and I don't hit anybody and I don't, I don't even, I even pet mama's dog going, I'm just having the most, this is the greatest day of my life. And I wake up tomorrow morning, it doesn't matter whether I had that great a day or whether I had the worst day of my life, God's love for me never changes, period. Because his love had nothing to do with me to start with. I had it before I was ever born. The first thing you always tune your heart to is the love of God. Somebody should write a song that goes like this. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart. Tune my heart. How do you know your heart's been tuned? To sing thy praise. Because when your heart is tuned to the love of God, you can't do anything but praise him. You'll drop your head then. And uh, matter of fact, uh, I'm fixing to make everybody everywhere mad. I love first, first Corinthians 13 is the greatest. It's just the pinnacle of life. And uh, let me help you with something here. And this is the direction for our church since we've gotten the leaders here tonight. A lot of people in the body of Christ and in churches all over are putting a lot of emphasis on different things right now. And you got to figure, well, which one is the important? Which one do we focus on? Do we focus on deliverance? Do we focus on worship? Do we focus? What do we, what do we focus on? Alrighty, I'm going to let God answer your question. <clears throat> verse number one deals with the fundamentalists. Verse number two deals with the charismatics. And verse number three deals with the liberals. So we're going to take care of all of them tonight. Verse number one, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, what does it say? I don't care if you're the greatest preacher or speaker in the world. If the love of God doesn't drive your life, you're just making racket. Yep. So that knocks my fundamentalist friends out because they believe preaching is the greatest thing in the world. All right, let's go to charismatics. Verse number two. Y'all do understand this is a little tongue in cheek, but not a lot. Verse number two, though I have this gift, spiritual gifts, prophecy, all mysteries, words of knowledge. I had faith so I could remove mountains, but I was not nice and treated that waitress kind that waited on me today. Shut your face. You know what it says? Tell me what is above spiritual gifts. Experiencing the love of God and sharing it. Now this and really people, you know, people say, well, Man, I, I, I want to see the dead raised. I, I do too. I really do. I, I want a word of knowledge. I do too to help people. But you know what I want more than anything else? I want to treat my wife like Jesus treats the church. I want to walk in the love of God more than I want. And I'm not, it's not either or, guys. It's just, what am I hearing inside of me? Is it the love of God? And then, of course, number three for all my social justice warriors. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and give my body to be burned, seeking social justice, but have not love, I am a zero. Tell me what the pinnacle is. What's the one word I always tune my life to? Is this the love of God? And then, of course, for the next four verses, he goes on and describes exactly what it looks like and, and just wonderful in there. So when, I'm, when I get up in the morning or just in my mind all the time, I take God's word and I say, is what I'm hearing the love of God? Is what I'm hearing, is it building hope inside of me and causing me to believe something good's going to happen? But I don't care what's going on around me. Is not my God greater than what's going on around me? I don't even care if I've screwed up. Is he not greater than my screw-ups? I don't care what I see. Is my God not greater than what's going on? That's hope. Is what I'm hearing hope inside of me? You know, when I hear this thing, it says, boy, you, your kid's, your kid's going to be in trouble. Your kid's going to be in trouble. I don't, that don't sound like the voice of God. That sounds like the voice of hell to me. What am, I, what am I tuning my heart to? God's word, which is, listen, our God is the God of hope. You know why the Bible's written? I'm fixing to help you right here. <clears throat> Romans 15, 13 says this, may the God of hope 
fill you with joy and peace as you believe his word that you might abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's in it, what's going to be there? Hope. You're going to abound. Listen, if God's speaking to you, hope's going to rise up in your heart and you're going to say, golly, I don't care. Bring it on. It's going to be good. That's, that's what you hear in the spirit realm. Verse four in that passage says this. This is a book of hope and it's written that you might have encouragement and hope from the word of God. You go to listen to somebody preach the Bible and you feel like you've been beat up. You might've heard some verses, but you didn't hear God. You can take this book and beat the life out of people with them. Second Corinthians three says it is the letter that killeth, but the spirit gives life. So if you read the Bible and you feel condemned and hopeless and beat up, you might've read his book, but you didn't hear his voice. And uh, I've had people say to me, I don't feel like I've been to church unless you stepped on my toes. I think, what kind of pervert are you? What kind of pervert do you think I am? People are beat up enough. You come to church to find hope and life and faith. And, and if you, the Bible said, pursue spiritual gifts, but especially if you want to chase one of them, pursue prophecy for he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. I wish you all did this, but I want the church to be built up. Our King wants to build his, listen, that's how you know you're hearing from heaven. Hope comes inside of you and it builds your faith up and you go, yeah, yeah. praise God. He loves me. I don't care. I don't care what's out there. That's the voice of God. I'm going to give you another list of meant to contrary to it. Let me give you the numbers four and five. I want you to turn me to Romans chapter uh, something or other. Just turn towards Roman. I'll meet you at the crossroads when I find it. Romans chapter 14. Right, Romans 14. All right, how do I know whether I'm hearing from the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of hell? It's very simple. Open your Bible and read this verse right here. The Bible says, Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It is, it is righteousness. What's the next two? Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Kingdom living, if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, what, what, are, you, what are you going to experience? Peace. You're going to experience the peace of God. And what's the, uh, let me tell you, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hell's voice sounds like this, confusion. If you're left confused and upside down, you hadn't heard from heaven. Matter of fact, if you, the Bible's very clear in 1 Corinthians 14, I believe it's verse 33, God is not the author of confusion. If you're hearing confusion, you're not hearing from heaven. What is the kingdom of God? What's kingdom life? It's when the Holy Spirit speaks and you experience peace. Peace. A friend, friend told me this not long ago. <clears throat> he was a businessman. And some lady, something happened. And so she called the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham and Howe. And they got up a lawsuit against him and all this stuff. And they're going to take his whole business and close it down. And, and a, a voice got on him. We'll talk about that voice in a minute. A voice got on him. He was scared to death. And he, I'm, I'm going to lose everything I got. Can't take care of my family. And, and it wasn't, he didn't do anything wrong. It was one of them ambulance chaser lawyer jobs. No, no y'all are not all like that. Some of you okay. And so that's what it was. And <clears throat> So I'm praying for him. And he said, you know, I'm praying. He said, all of a sudden, he said, I'm walking across my business. I can point to the place on the floor. And all of a sudden, something just came down on me. And it was the quietest peace. And it was like I could not be worried if I wanted to. And the sweetest peace just came over. Guess what, he, guess what happened? Heaven's voice displaced hell's voice. 
in his mind and in his heart. Listen, if it's not peace, it ain't heaven. That's not good English, but that's great preaching. If it is not peace, it is not heaven. What did Jesus say every time he walked up to people? First thing he always said, peace. And, and that's why I'm always asking myself, is what's in my head, is it peace right now? If it's not peace, it's not heaven. Am I sensing peace in my spirit right now? Then I'm not hearing from heaven. And of course, the one folks like to argue with me on, but I argue with him. I didn't write this book. What's number five in there? When God speaks, it's going to be joy. Joy in the Holy Spirit. You, you just can't. If in thy presence is fullness of joy, how can you be around him and not experience his joy? We have a dearth of joy in the land right now. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to come back and bring the joy of Jesus back into people's lives and homes and hearts right now. I'm, I'm just telling you, I just, when Jesus speaks, it's just joy. These things I have written, this is Jesus speaking in John 15. These things I have written that you might have my joy in you and that your joy might be full. Why is the Bible written? So I can experience the joy of God through his spirit. You know why joy is so important? Well, let me ask you a simple question. Would you like to see your children upset, sad, and crying? Is this hard or what? Joy is your strength. When you lose your joy, you lose your strength. Nehemiah 18 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I'm going to give you one more word that, I'm, that you'll hear in heaven, heaven's, when heaven's speaking. And it is the word, a lot of people don't believe this, but I'm fixing to show it to you. It's the word freedom. If, if heaven speaks, you're going to hear freedom. Because you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If God speaks, there's going to be freedom. I don't care what you've done. Matter of fact, let me show you how you know where the Holy Spirit is. Uh, turn me to 2 Corinthians 3. Let me see who I hadn't made mad tonight. 2 Corinthians 3. People say, Brother Brian, with the whole... Anytime you put eight O's in it, I'm nervous. The Holy Ghost came the other night and people was falling down. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. Fall down if you want to. And Grandma was shaking. She shook so hard. She shook her bun out. It was just terrible. It just shook. And you don't know, because you had to have your bun be holy and all that. Of course, a lot of them got in bondage to it and all that mess. And yeah, just, I mean, just Grandma almost shook her drawers off. <laughs> and all these things. Well, that, hey, that's fine. I'm not making, I'm not, I guess I am making fun. I'm not against it. But you can't show me that in the Bible. You can't show me that shaking and falling. And I, I know, listen, I know the power of God. You will fall down. But let me tell you what I can show you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Amen. You say to me, Brother Brown, I heard God and freedom ran all over me. set me free from this junk. You've heard the voice of God and freedom shows up. Yeah. All right, those are six words. Six kingdom words. Everything in the Bible and in the kingdom can fall into those six words. So I ask myself, is what I'm hearing and thinking and feeling right now, is this the love of God toward me and through me? Is this bringing hope into my heart? Is this causing faith to rise up? You know what faith is? God's going to do something for me. God's going God's to do something for my family. My kids are going to be great. This church is going to fly. We're going to get through this thing and be financially okay. That's faith. Is it, is it bringing joy into my heart? Praise God, I'm saved. I'm just going to hell, now I'm alive. Is it bringing peace? And is it setting me free? Demons, those are the, that is the tuning fork of God's word. And if that's not what's inside of me, I don't throw God's word away. I tune my heart to what God's word says. I tune it to the truth. Now, let me give you another little list real quick. There's a list uh, of hell's effect on people. 
Here's what you hear in your spirit and in your mind and in your emotions when hell starts. And you know, by speaking, I don't mean you hear it with your ear. You sense it. You sense it. And you sense it in your mind, your emotions and, and your moods. And number one, this is hell, hell's greatest power is one word, fear. Yeah. Heaven, if you hear fear, you, you're not hearing heaven. Heaven never speaks in fear. The driving force behind the kingdom of God is what? Faith. Faith is believing what God said will come to pass. What's the driving force in the kingdom of hell? Fear. Fear is believing that what the devil said will come to pass. And those, that's how you recognize what power is in, in the present. Uh, I've just, let me tell you something. I've been surprised at this virus thing, which this is a bump in the road. It's going to cost us financial. It's going to make some people sick. I understand that. But this is more than a virus. I was surprised the other day. I, I picked up the newspaper, our local fish wrap. I picked it up myself. And, and it was almost like this thing just walked out and bumped into me. And I just said, no. There was such a spirit of fear, and it is a spirit of fear that's in the land over this uh, biological problem we got. The biological problem will be solved with as little damage as possible by the grace of God. The problem is the spirit of fear that's, I, I can, I've just never, this is one of the strongest spirits I've ever seen in my lifetime. This spirit of fear that's getting on this nation. And it's not the, just the fear of a disease, it is the fear of financial destruction. And, it, and, it, and you just sense that. Well, you, listen, when you sense that, don't hesitate. Don't, don't entertain that thing. Just say, this ain't God. Where, where'd this come from? Now, there is a natural fear. I'm walking through the U-Warriors hunting one day and I like to put my foot down on a timber rattlesnake that's about five foot long. And they say white men can't jump. If you'd been there that day, you'd have seen one do it. But the deal is, that's natural. To fear that you're going to lose everything when God Almighty is your father who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that's not natural. That's a spirit. And listen, hell's voice is always fear. What other people will think about me? Failure. My past is going to catch up to me. My family's not going to be taken care of. We're not going to have enough when we get old. Go ahead and plan on that. <laughs> that's why you got your kids. <laughs> All this stuff, this is, from, this, is, this is hell speaking to you. And, and we need to recognize... This is, not, this is not what's going on around me. This is coming out of the spirit realm. This is a matter of fact, listen to what the Bible, there's a young pastor, pastored the church at Ephesus and it, they were killing him. And Paul wrote him a letter and said, you need to stir up the gift of God that's within you because God didn't give you that spirit of fear that's beating you to death. And uh, so why didn't God do something? You need to stir up the gift of God that's within you. Because the spirit of fear is running over you, but the Holy Spirit within you is being neglected. And he said, you, you need to do something about that. And uh, number one, fear. The second word from hell is anxiety. Worry, anxiety, whatever you want to call it. Friend, there's no anxiety in the kingdom of God. None. In the middle of that great storm in Mark chapter four, Jesus slept all the way through it. We, you think that's because he was tired? Is that not God showing me and you what life is like in the kingdom? Even in the midst of the storm, just go to sleep. Well, I want to get there. If you're hearing anxiety and worry, it can't be from heaven. Because you know why? Because God never contradicts himself in his word, does he? Why does the Bible say in Philippians 4, 6, be worried for nothing. 
And the God who told you to be worried for nothing would never contradict himself. So if there's worry and anxiety rambling around in my head, it sure didn't come from heaven. And there's a little bit of a natural anxiety. But what we're experiencing today is demonic. This is, this is beyond just natural. Word number three. And uh, I heard Peter Lord say this one time. He said, discouragement is not from the devil. Discouragement is the devil himself. The, the, very, the very core of God's kingdom is hope and encouragement and faith. The very essence of hell is discouragement. You ever been discouraged? I mean, you just, I've been discouraged at times tried to get on me when there wasn't no reason. I mean, if I'm alive at this age after what I've been doing, I ought to be celebrating all day long. I mean, I got a great family. I got a great church. I got great friends. I'm, I'm, I'm happy and fat and sassy. I'm married to a beautiful woman. I, mean, I just got it all. Why would I be discouraged? It is a spirit. Yeah. Discouragement is the voice of hell. And when you hear it, you don't need to say, God, I wish it weren't raining today. You need to say, go back to hell where you came from. We need to deal with it the way the scripture. I'm going to show you how to do that in just a second. Word number four is the word, and this is, I'm put, I threw this one into match. It's the word heaviness. Isaiah chapter 61, God gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And heaviness is real close to discouragement. It just means I'm giving up. I'm defeated. I've, listen, I've felt that at times. I felt like an invisible, heavy, wet blanket was just thrown on me, on my spirit. Well, that's not Jesus. It can't be the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's the spirit of life. And that's why we got to go to battle when that kind of stuff happens. Word number five is the word confusion. And confusion covers a whole lot of what's going on in the land today. The Bible has so much to say about confusion. It said this one said this and this one said that and the whole town was in confusion. That's what's happening in our nation right now. Confusion of, I don't know what to do. I thought this was, maybe this is him. Maybe this is not him. I can't decide whether to join that group or that group. Listen, God's voice is crystal clear. And let me give you the great word for the voice of God, simplicity. Yeah. It is so simple. Beware of anybody that tries to use big language and complicate things. What part of thou shalt not do you not understand? <laughs> Don't get fancy with me. What part of love God, love your neighbor are you struggling with? I, listen to this. I love this verse, 2 Corinthians eleven three. 3. I fear lest as the serpent deceived Eve, your mind should be led astray from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. This book is not complicated. Jesus loves me, this I know. Sin is wrong, hell is hot, Jesus is alive, I'm forgiven, I'm going to heaven. That was Genesis to Revelation. It's a whole deal right there. And anytime there's this confusion about your head hurting and you don't know which ends up, that's demonic in its nature. Let me give you one more. Well, let me throw you two more. Doubt. I just doubt is doubt is not unbelief, dear ones. It's halfway between faith and unbelief. Unbelief is when you say, I know God can't do anything. Doubt is when you say, I, I'm not sure he's going to help me. Faith is God will do what he said. Unbelief is, unbelief is he's not even there. Doubt is, I, I just don't know if he'll help our family. Listen, doubt, doubt is the enemy picking at you. The spirit of God is the spirit of faith. And when he speaks, faith rises up and you just know, watch this. Watch our God come through. Stand still and see the salvation of your God. That's the voice of God. And he builds our faith. But that, are, are you sure? Are you sure about this? Here's how it sounds like. Here's the first thing the enemy ever said in the garden in Genesis 3. Hath God really said? Did God really say that? And anytime you get a question mark over the promise of God, guess who you're dealing with? That's called confusion 
and it's called doubt. And listen, doubt is from hell. And if you say, well, I'm not sure. Well, do this. Even if you don't feel it, you can look it up because this book never changes. Truth is always the same. Let me throw in one more word. This, here's how you know hell. This is the voice of hell today, anger. Anger is the voice of hell. And uh, people say, we got a right to be angry. Listen to what God said about anger. The wrath of man never, the word never means never, works the righteousness of God. Anger always leads to pain. And anytime I, I got any, as my friend Elvis, great preacher named Elvis said, Lord Almighty, feel my temperature rising. That ain't Jesus doing that. <laughs> that is an unholy, evil devil trying to bring me to a point of anger. And listen, you take the word of God, which is the tuning fork of our souls. And you always ask, what's going on inside of me? And you tune your heart and your soul to God's word so you can know. But listen, I'm just, I start every day. I don't miss if I got it with me. I didn't bring it with me. I left it in my other thing there. I start every day. I just quote first thing. Today I live under the smile of grace. I live this day searching for the beauty of God. I live this day celebrating with thanksgiving. Today I will plow in hope. I will edify people. I will enjoy everything God has given me. I will not look back. I will live my life looking forward. I'm not quoting all the scriptures to go with them. And I will walk in simplicity today. I start every day with those six you know what that does? Just like that guitar, that tunes my soul to the truth of God every day. Because for some reason, I sleep at night, I get out of tune. Or the, the environment around me, the news, the people, the, just the boogers in the air. You have a tendency to get either a little discouraged, aggravated. Begin, you understand what I'm saying? That's why we need to constantly tune. That's why it's called daily bread. We constantly tune our hearts to God's word and uh, you need to always be asking you just sort of ask yourself uh, what am I hearing in the spirit what am I sensing what am I feeling right now let me tell you something normal kingdom life is not be glad when this mess is over and God gets us out of it that's not normal normal is love faith hope joy peace and freedom that's normal a great hymn writer years ago named Alan Jackson uh, wrote a song that said uh I'm just a simple man, but I know Jesus and I talk to God. And I remember this from when I was young. Faith, hope, and love are three things he gave us and the greatest is love. You don't find a better hymn than that. And, and just to, to know, once in a while I'll just hear that and I'll go, that, that's right, that's truth right there. That's truth right there. Bring me back, bring me back to the truth and tune my heart for that. So we can do that in the word. Let me throw this in real quick here. We got a little bit of time left. Worship. You know what worship is for? All right, let's turn back to Psalm 8, verse 2, and let's see it. Psalm 8, verse 2. I'm going to show you, this is the only place where Jesus made a mistake in the Bible. Well, you see if he didn't. I'm going to show it to you. Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. All right, this is where the Bible tells This is Boy, hey, the Spirit of God just blessed me so much with this. Psalm 8, verse 2 says this, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, and that does not mean 18 months and under humble people. Anytime you see the word babe in the Bible, it's talking about humble people. That's why he said in Matthew chapter 10, Father, I praise you that you have hidden your truth from the wise and prudent in their own eyes, but you have revealed it to babes. Well, it doesn't mean God only speaks to one-year-olds. God talks to humble people. And he said, out of the mouths of humble people, you have ordained. What does ordained mean? God created this. He created praise 
Well, why did he create praise according to this passage? Because of our enemies. I'm going to tell you, we have enemies. And what do we need to do with our enemies? That you may silence your enemies and the avenger. It is worship that shuts the spirit realm up on the evil side. All right, let me show you where Jesus misquoted it. Keep, keep your fingers, Psalm 8. Turn to Matthew 21. Bless his heart. Jesus did so good, but you know, he was in a little tense situation. I don't blame him for misquoting the Bible here. Surely you understand I'm being silly now. Matthew chapter 21. Do you remember the day that they put up a big banner? Jesus is coming to church today. Jesus visited the local church one day, put up a big banner. I think they had a covered dish supper and all that ready. So Jesus is coming to church in Matthew 21, 12. Jesus went into the temple and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. So Jesus tore the church up. And he said, it is written, my house should be called a house of prayer. You made it a den of thieves. Then once he got the junk out and started the people praying again, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. When the chief priests saw the wonderful things he did and the children crying out in the temple saying, now here's the song they're singing, Hosanna to the son of David. They were angry and they said to him, do you hear what they're doing here? And Jesus said, yes, yes. And he said to the preachers, have you never read? And he quoted Psalm 8-2. Watch what he said here. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected what? Does it say praise? Read it in Psalm chapter eight. What does it say? strength. So that, that's not bad if Jesus only misquotes one word. You know I'm being silly here. He did not misquote it. Can you see that what Jesus called praise is the power, it is the strength that shuts the voice of the enemy in your heart and mind? That's why you have perfected praise, you've ordained praise to silence the voice of the enemy. And Jesus quoted and he said, yeah, they're worshiping me. They're singing my praises. Have you never read? And he asked these preachers who taught the Bible, y'all don't read the Bible. You don't understand Psalm 8 too, that God created praise to silence the enemy and shut his face. Right, let me tell you how this works in a practical, in a very practical way. Um, I'm just times you just get a, 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 an agitation in your spirit or maybe con condemnation. You, you did something really wrong and you just blew it. And uh, Let me tell you what I used to hear at times. You've been a preacher for 30 years, 30 years, and you're still doing this. Does that sound like the voice of God to you? I got news for you. If I preach 60 years, I'll still be doing it. And, and you just get a little discouragement on you, maybe an agitation in your spirit, Maybe you begin to get worried about your children. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to think it through. You're, listen, our, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not my intellect. I've just learned, go get alone somewhere, pick up your guitar. If you don't have a guitar, your voice will be fine. And I just start praising God. I'll just get alone. I'll start saying, even in the midst of my mess, great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father. And I'll just sing for a while and put us in. Guess what happens? All of a sudden, a quietness comes over me and that crap just disappears and a peace and a hope begins to come back. Guess what I just did? I silenced the voice of my enemy with the worship of God. It literally, it literally shuts the mouth of the enemy in your heart and mind. It's just the worship of God, it releases, it silences the enemy and it releases heaven. And it amplifies the voice of God. And that's why it's so important to worship privately 
and in your own heart all the time. I, I just want to keep such a spirit of gratitude and worship in my own heart all the time so that them little boogers just can't get in. I want them to go back to hell every night with their heads bandaged saying, send us to the Methodist preacher tomorrow. We can't take, we can't take this no more. L listen, there is a literal spiritual battle going on and it centers around the mind and the heart and the emotions and the soul. And you have ordained praise to shut their faces, to silence the voice of the enemy and the avenger. That's why I would encourage you, if you ever get tension between you and your mate, don't talk. Or if you're going to talk, say, before we, before we talk, could we, just, could we just sit here for a minute and let me turn on, let's just listen to this song first. And you just play the most anointed worship song you can play and watch what happens. Yeah. I met with a little couple last night getting ready. So let me, I want you to do one thing for me. I promise you'll do one thing. I want you to pray together every night. Don't bless the moon and the stars and the dogs and Aunt Fanny. Just, just pray together. Take, you take her hand and I want you to say this. Just say, dear God, thank you so much for my sweetheart. I am the most fortunate man and I, I appreciate her and I want to thank you for her. That's it. I said, just do that every night. Because if there's anything the enemy's doing in there, it will be exposed and killed by that simple prayer of gratitude, which that's really worship, to thank God for somebody like that. You just can't, uh, the Bible said, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Try that and see what happens. It just kill it every time. We have, we've got to understand the work of the enemy to constantly be trying to get in there somehow. He, he's unrelenting in that. So that's why we worship and it, it amplifies heaven. Let me, let me show you one more real quick. Uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. This worshiping God, and you don't have to sing it. You can just speak worship. You can just get in his presence. Him, you know, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. You can just, I just came to tell you I want to thank you and praise you. A lot of times I'll just go out in the woods and sit down by a tree and say, I've come out here today and I'm not going to ask for one thing. I just came out here to thank you for a while. And we need to have thanksgiving services. And when you do that, number one, it shuts the enemy's mouth. It really does. But let me tell you what else it does. It turns the volume up on heaven. It amplifies heaven. You, you'll hear the voice of God so clearly in worship. Acts chapter 13 says this. In the church, verse one, in the church that was in Antioch, there were, they had five elders. Verse two, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit spoke. You want to hear the voice of God? Minister to the Lord. When did God speak to them? When they were nervous and upset or as they ministered to the Lord? And you know what it means, minister to the Lord, don't you? See, if I were to go get my guitar and come back up here and, and strum it and play Amazing Grace and to y'all and to sing for y'all, I would be ministering to you. Well, what does the Bible say? Oh, sing unto the Lord. And you minister to the Lord is where you sing to Him. And it is when you minister to the Lord, it, can you see where it amplifies the voice of God? And, and, you, you, and you say, well, I, I sung to him and I didn't, I didn't hear anything. Yeah, you did. You know, there's times I'll worship the Lord and I, I just think we ought to minister to the Lord, worship him. And he won't tell me anything, but the sweetest peace in all the world come over me. Well, that's him speaking. I will hear what the Lord will speak for he will speak peace to me. Sometimes he will impress your mind with a truth or something, but most of the time he'll just bless you with his presence. Peace, encouragement, hope, joy. It'll just flood you. And uh, let me tell you the, the two things. An old song. This, let me tell you about a guy who really got this. I don't, I don't remember his name. He wrote this in the 1800s. He said, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God, 
discloses. That means he manifests himself. He walks with me and he talks with me. tells me, and the joy. What's the other one? He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet. That's the two things right there. There's a joy and a sweetness when you, and you don't hear anything with your ears. You may not have anything impressed on your mind. Just over your spirit will come the joy and sweetness of God. And that, that's as you minister. When you minister to the Lord, you shut the enemy's mouth and God speaks. Let me throw a number. That's worship. I'm going to tell you something. God ordained worship to shut the enemy's mouth. How many times have I seen the enemy crushed in worship? Let me give you one. We were around a campfire one night. I was a youth pastor at one time. Man, God rewarded me. <laughs> I was a youth pastor. We were around a campfire one night, and I had two little girls, little drama queens in my youth group. Don't know what I mean by drama. They were showing their butts and just messing my whole program up on this camp. And they were, I think they were competing cheerleaders from different schools, some crap like that. And boy, they were just causing more drama. And I couldn't figure out, I was going to take one of them and beat the other with them. I couldn't figure out how to handle it. You know, since praying, if I can just cure it. All right, we get around the campfire that night, you know, all our group there, and we start worshiping God. And there was an unusually sweet spirit of worship. I mean, God's presence just came so sweet. And all of a sudden, I saw one of those girls break toward the other one crying and just put her arms around her and just wept, said, I'm so sorry. And then said, I'm so sorry. And nobody had to talk to them. None of the adults had to talk to them. Guess who talked to them? We silenced the voice of the enemy with worship. That's why worship is so important, to shut the enemy's mouth and amplify the voice of God in our own hearts. That's why you need to learn to do it privately. You know, we do it as a group. Do it Let me throw in a couple real quick. We got to get going. You ever heard of a quiet time? You need to have a, I call it a God time. You know, sometimes you get to shout and that's not real quiet, but you can have a God time and uh, let me help you. You say, well, how, how do you do it? If you just read the Bible just because you want to get through the Bible in a year, that's not a God time. That's called a reading the Bible time. Let me show you a great tuner. Turn, turn with me to uh, Psalm 100. This is a great tuner. I use the same tuner on my guitar every day. I don't change tuners just because I've been using it for a while. That, that tuner will give me E-A-D-G-B-E every single morning when I put it up there. And I mean, it's older than I am. I'm going to keep using it. Psalm 100 is one of the greatest tuners in all the world. I start my day with Psalm 100 in the scriptures. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's you right there. You, you like this joy stuff. Serve the Lord with gladness. I, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I forgot about that. Amen. You like glad serving. And you just go right at, you just read Psalm 100 and it's sort of like you get that, get your heart back in tune and say, by the way, who wrote Psalm 100? I just got written right across top. Who wrote this? Holy men of God wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God. God wrote this. So let me, can I read it to you from God? Make a joyful shout. If you're going to serve me, do it with gladness. If you're going to come see me, come with thanksgiving. We need to realize the Bible is God speaking to us. And Psalm 100 is just a great tuner. You know, once in a while, when uh, say if somebody around my church or one of my young they sort of got crabby and out of the way, I'd just say, do, do me a favor, take my Bible, go to the bathroom and tune yourself to Psalm 100 and come back. Wouldn't that be good? Let me tell you something about Psalm 100. That's eternal. It was here before I got here. It'll be here for all of eternity because heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. What I'm feeling will be gone tomorrow. It'll change. My circumstances will change in a week. God's word's eternal. That's why we tune our hearts to the, eternal, the eternality of God's word. So, brother, how do you have a quiet time? There's not a right way. 
The goal is fellowship. The goal is to touch God and let him touch you. And however you do that, do it. I, you can't do it the way I do it. It's sort of like telling a man how to kiss his wife. Figure it out on your own, Doc. You just got to gotta connect with God. That's what it's for. Let me give you one more. You ever heard of this? Walk in the light. If we walk in the light, as he is in light, we should walk in the light. Literally, I think you can walk around in light. If I'm walking around aggravated because of what they did, aggravated, am I walking in the light? No, I'm walking in the darkness. If I'm, if I'm angry at somebody and I hate them, the Bible's very clear. You're walking in darkness and the darkness has blinded your eyes and you know not where you're going. If I'm walking around in doubt thinking this thing will never work out, I'm not walking in the light, I'm walking in darkness there. Literally, our walking around lives can be in the light. And the way you walk around in the light is that, well, it's the truth of his word here. Um, I've tuned myself. Whatsoever things are true, inspiring, honorable, beautiful, pure, encouraging, excellent, make you want to shout, think on these things. You can tell your mind, get out of the gutter, get out of the hell hole and get back up here on heaven. That's why the Bible said in Colossians, set your mind on things above. Now that doesn't mean I go around thinking about heaven. Um, Sir, how much is this chicken per pound? Oh, I can't wait to go to heaven. Can't wait to go to heaven. $2.99, give me five pounds. Oh, heaven's going to be so wonderful. That's not... When you set your mind on things above, it means you think on things that are beautiful, true, faith, hope, love, encouragement, peace, instead of discouragement, fear, doubt, what they did to me. We got to get hold of this mind and tell it, get out of the gutter, get out of hell and get where it belongs. Line up with the word. And you can walk around doing that all day long and not only walk around doing it all day long, you can sing on the inside while you're working on the outside. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord while you're doing business with your hands and handling things out here. And we can reach a place where we just live in the Spirit. All right, the Bible said this. Think about this. The Bible said live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. That's how you do it right there. And you tune your heart to stay in the Spirit all the time. And you grow in this thing. And uh, guess what happens after a while? Before long, this, this just life gets so, so... I've written this new song. I, want y'll, I know we're on music night. I've got my guitar. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to tell you. I've written this new song and it goes like this. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. That's what it should be. It should be sweeter than the day before. You say, but you, don't you understand what's going on on the earth right now? Oh, son, I got to get you ahead out of that hell hole. Mm-mm. Yes, I understand because I know the word of God. Yes, darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness the people, but the glory of the Lord will be upon you and his light will be seen on you and Gentiles will come to your light and they will say, what is it you have got? You don't even smell like smoke. That's another song I'm going to write one day. I got a lot of songs I got to get finished here so we can get done with it. All right, we need to get our heads up. These voices we hear, we need to silence hell and amplify heaven and walk in the light in this, in this being right here. Lord Jesus, I love you. I want to pray for everybody that's here, my friends here, those that are listening online. In Jesus' name, I pray for a revelation. Little Gehazi was scared to death. And the prophet prayed, the old prophet prayed and said, open his eyes and let him see into the spirit realm. And you opened his eyes and he saw, though he was scared spitless of what was around him, 
He saw the army of God, the flaming chariots, and it totally changed his attitude. Nothing changed around him. But when he looked into the spirit realm, he went from hopelessness to great joy and strength. I pray for every person listening. Open the eyes of our hearts to see what's going on around us and just to be so Jesus-minded and recognize that's not my Jesus. That's not my Savior. That's not my Father. That's garbage right there. And you have, as Jesus said, you have no place in me. And I praise you that we can truly walk in the light of your word. Thank you for your word that is a light unto my path, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I pray that it'll be the absolute beacon light of our lives till the day we see you face to face. Lord Jesus, I don't want to see you face to face and realize I could have been flying when I was crawling. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.